Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. Along with me today, the one and only Matthew Matera, also from PewterReport.com. We heard your cries for the Bucks record conversation, folks. After Matt just kind of casually slid it into Monday's pod, we saw the replies and the comments and people blowing up about Bucks records and you forgot to mention this. You forgot to say this. What about this record? And so we are here to address it in the podcast today. We are going to talk about potential records that could fall with this Bucks team and kind of where this season could lead the Bucks record books. And we're excited to get to it because we've got it's an interesting conversation to have, Matt. It's one that we're probably not going to talk about every single week, but certainly there will be times this season where we've got to talk about the Bucks record books and what's about to go down there. And it's a fun one to talk about, too, because when records get broken, it's awesome. Everyone yeah. likes it. You know, it's you're seeing history. So why not have a little fun in the offseason when we're in between minicamp and OTAs and we're not yet at training camp? It's fun to talk about these scenarios because it's, they're very likely to happen this year with the 17th game. Absolutely. So we'll get into all that today. We got, and we'll talk about some of the national things too. Some of the, the Mike Evans conversation about, you know, can he get to eight straight 1000 yard seasons to begin his career? We'll definitely talk about uh, Tom Brady and his chase of the all time passing yardage mark uh, and how that could be broken as early as, as week four against new England. We'll see how that goes down. But first, we would be so remiss, Matt, if we did not mention and talk about our good friends over at Celsius. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential, functional energy and terrific flavor. I've got the sparkling strawberry guava. Matt has the Celsius heat, the blueberry pomegranate. These are two of my yeah. top fives. Right here we have, I had the orange yesterday. That's also in the top five. God, peach vibes in the top five and then oh it's tough after that those are definitely my top four i don't know what's five yet but anyway healthy energy accelerates metabolism burns body fat uh the strawberry guava is a great one but no sugar and great taste hard to find that combination anywhere in the world let alone in an energy drink so excited about it and guess what peter report podcast listeners if you love celsius and we know you all do We've got a special opportunity coming up later in the show that you're going to want to stick around for. It's an opportunity to win a case of your favorite Celsius energy drink flavor, as well as the hottest and tastiest new protein bar on the market. So stick around for that. We'll have more information about our giveaway later in the show. Matt, let's kick things off with the quarterback position. Tom Brady chasing, obviously, the all-time leading passing record um this season and if he stays healthy will assuredly break that one there is also i'm not sure if it falls Jameis winston threw for five thousand five thousand one hundred nine yards back in uh 2019 in a season in which he also threw 30 picks here's 30 my 30 year <laughs> that's it was, right it was something i don't think he gets anywhere near the yardage mark unless he throws 30 picks because 30 picks means the other team's scoring more and you've got to throw and throw and throw and throw and throw to make up for all the the mistakes that you made let's say so to me this is uh one that i'm not sure we're gonna see brady break this season uh i just i don't think he's gonna play poorly enough to do this if that makes sense i think he's got a chance because with that extra game 
you really just have to average around 300 yards per game, which I think Brady is quite capable of doing. Last year, he, I believe he averaged around, I think it was either like 280 or 289 yards per game. It was, it was close to that 300 mark. And you also have to consider that Brady had two games last season where he threw for less than 200 yards. I don't, one of them was that dud against the saints on uh yeah at home, the night game. And um, I just don't see that happening again this season with, you know, just a whole another year under their belt and continuity and everyone playing together. And you got to also think Brady didn't play in the second half of that Detroit game. Cause they blew him out in the first half. He didn't have to play at all. And Blaine right. Gabbert played. So I definitely think that's on the board. I also think Brady has a really good chance of breaking his own single season touchdown record that he set with the box last year at, at 40 touchdowns. Now on the flip side of it, if the Bucks team is better with everything we just talked about, about um, you know playing playing together again for another season, you might see a couple of more blowout games where maybe Brady's not playing in the fourth quarter or midway through the fourth quarter, or they have a big lead and they're going to rely on the run game more. And that's the thing, right. too, that I think separates Brady from as someone in the comments had uh, Peyton Manning and 55 touchdowns is Brady will emphasize the run game when needed. And if another team can't stop the run, they will run it 15 times until mm -hmm. you actually stop them. So I think Brady is so cerebral with, you know, every opponent is different and every game plan is going to be different geared toward attacking the opponent's weakness that that could come into play where it'll be great success for the Bucks all season. But as far as record breaking, you could see him come a couple yards short of that, uh, of that record. Yeah, that, 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 record and even you even if you look at the touchdown record what winston or brady had said that one last season right and, and that's you know will he break 40 touchdowns again he could break his own record i guess that one's not out of the question for me um because of how much this team throws in the red zone i think that that's definitely uh, a, a consideration for him to break that one um but the yardage one yeah i don't know if he's gonna pass up james's <laughs> i don't know if he's gonna pass up james's yardage mark just because that again it was trailing so much right that that matters yeah. too and so um i don't know if that one's going to be in his wheelhouse to be able to break that one i mean the completion record he already set that one last season so he already said <laughs> two the touchdown and completions record um i don't know i mean what is is there i mean the passing attempts record that Jameis still has that by 16 he was 16 ahead of brady's 610 attempts last year so you know, there's some other records maybe on the table a little bit, but I, you know, I don't think that those ones aren't really the ones you look to. Typically, you're looking at those yardage touchdown um, type of measures. Yeah, you're and, not exactly like pumping your fist when he's like, "All right, he had another attempt. Let's go!" Right. Like, this is most sick. <laughs> most attempts in box history. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I mean. It was to spike the ball so they can kick a field goal with five seconds left. Like, all right. Brady breaks the record. record. Yeah. <laughs> it's done. The most attempts in Bucks history. I don't think, I think it would be very much a foot. Everyone in the media room just like stands up, gives a rounding ovation. The PA announcer <laughs> stops the game. Yeah. 627 attempts this season for Brady's like, can we please just kick this game winning yeah. field goal? Like, <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. So I think that's all that's on the table for Brady at this point in time, which is uh, just fine. I think we uh, will take uh, that uh, all those potential records under consideration for him. Now, the rushing record for the Bucks. this is one that I don't know if it in a single season, 
What's the what's the what are they what are they up against here, Matt? What are the criteria here if you're trying to break the single season rushing record? Oh, it was. Uh, let me pull that up. Isn't I have it, the receivers. Is, is it still Wilder? Isn't it? Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, fifteen forty four. And we kind of spoke about this on Monday. Yeah, yeah. James Wilder, nineteen eighty four. And then the yep. next closest is Doug Martin in twenty twelve. He ran for uh, one thousand four hundred fifty four yards. I don't see that those records are falling probably for a long long time not just with bruce arians and how he likes to shuffle the deck when it comes to the running backs but that's just been the trend in the in the league overall you know there's not a ton of those workhorse bell cow whatever animal you want to describe Mm -hmm. to uh to use it there's not that many running backs that really do that anymore right I, i mean you look at ezekiel elliott derrick henry and, you know, th- those are like the main guys when it comes to that situation. So the running backs are going to be a focal point of the team, an important point. But I don't think they're really going to break any records. Now, Ronald Jones did break a record last year. He had the longest run in Bucks history at 98 yards. But that's an in-game situation. You never know what's going to happen. As far as for a whole season, I think Ronald Jones will have a milestone where he'll reach 1,000 yards. That's a personal milestone for him. He hasn't done that yet. But for Bucks franchise records... I don't even think they're going to come close. Right. No, for sure. Uh, Parker wants to know how Scott's doing. <laughs> good good mention in this, Parker. Scott is doing better. I talked to him today. His voice is starting to come back. He thinks it's at about 65% right now. Uh, I don't know if he's got another appointment or whatever lined up. It's been a long process for him. He'll explain all. I'll let him explain when he gets back on the pod all the whole thing and how it's gone down and why it's taken this long because I'm sure people are like, what is going You know, <laughs> laryngitis doesn't last this long. It's been more extensive than that, but – he is right. definitely on the road to recovery, making progress. We'll see if he can get him on next week. If we really want to just rest it and make sure it's full, his vocal cords are fully recovered. Now, nah, but we'll see what we can do for next week. We'll see how he recovers over the weekend, uh, for sure. But thanks for asking, Parker. I know Scott will appreciate that for sure. Um, Ren wants to know why isn't James Wilder in the Ring of Honor? This is a question where it would be good to have Scott or Mark on the pod. I mean, again, you and I, I, I mean, to me, I think he should be based on what I can see, but I'm not sure if there's a reason or if Scott yeah, or Mark I think have insight. Yeah, important there. too to, um, you know, honor the older history of the Bucks and, and those teams. I, obviously, a lot of the focus is on the uh, the team that won their first Super Bowl, and rightfully so. But yeah, I don't think it should get lost in the shuffle, guys like James Wilder. I know Mark has really, well, Mark and Scott too, they've both really beaten the drums for they want this guy in the Hall of Fame. So hopefully, you know, if fans in keep... The- in the Ring of Honor. Yeah, sorry. The Ring uh-huh. of Honor. Apologies. <laughs> put yeah. him in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, hopefully if if yeah. if fans keep uh, you know generating buzz and things like that, it could go down one day. Right. Well, I mean, he has two of what the best four rushing seasons in Bucks history. You know, double digit touchdowns both of those seasons. Obviously, after that, it, it did kind of fall off for him. Um, there wasn't like a sustained um, consistent level of production, I guess, to, 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 to go off of. So maybe that's what's keeping him back. But still noteworthy when you have two of those four. I also don't know that much about the Bucks Ring of Honor. I don't know what the, who, like, what the criteria, how strict it's been in terms of criteria. So those guys, that's a good question, uh, Ren, to bring back up when those guys are on the pod um, to see what kind of insight they, they have into that process. Because they've been around, Scott's been around for a lot of Ring of Honor picks <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> and selections. So he'd probably have insight into that for sure. But yeah, I don't think rushing wise we're going to see any of these records broken, man. Like I, I don't think anybody's going to have thirteen rushing touchdowns in a season this year. I, 
I don't even I think mean, it's going to be a guy that gets double digits. I don't either. I don't either. Because so, it's pretty much a coin flip. Like, okay, who's going to be in on goal line? Is it Leonard Fournette? Yeah. Is it Ronald Jones? I mean, you go back to the Super Bowl, and while Leonard Fournette got most of the carries, it was Ronald Jones that was in on the goal line. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. he got stuffed at the goal line on, on fourth and goal. Right. And uh, Fournette ended up having a touchdown anyway. But, yeah, I think it's really just going to be a coin flip who's in on that drive. It's They're not really going to dictate who's going to be the goal line guy. You know, some teams have that guy who's more of a, a thumper, a bruiser, and right. they'll put him in. A la the Mike Allstott. And you think you think that would be Fournette, but I don't think yeah. it wants to be it that way because Ronald Jones runs a lot harder than Fournette does. So yeah, like exactly. a lot more Fournette, physical. Yeah, Fournette is a little more he's like big and, and physical and bruising, but he can also like be a little more finesse than Ronald Jones is, where yeah. Jones is just going right up, you know, and getting that contact and just keeping right. moving. Well, one of the funny things and talking about why James Wilder might not be in the ring of honor is that James Wilder in his two seasons where he was most productive, he also had 10 and nine fumbles, <laughs> 10 and nine fumbles. This dude had 19. F- Imagine what we would be doing to Ro- old Rojo. If yeah. Rojo well, if first Aaron was his coach, he wouldn't be on the field at all. Oh, for sure. So maybe <laughs> that's why uh, old James Wilder's not in the ring of honor. Uh, but yikes. Not exactly what you're looking for there, <laughs> but the rest of it, pretty good. Lots of opportunity, and he turned it into some production on, on top of the fumbles. Um, receptions is one we touched on a little bit the other day. This is tricky because I just don't think Mike Evans, even if he's healthy, everybody's going to say, oh, we got you know X amount of targets or what did he have last year? He had over 100 targets, but you catch percentage for Mike Evans. Just look at his career. Mike Evans has never been a big catch percentage guy. He's never had dominant catch percentage numbers, like uh, catches per target. He's always taken a lot of targets for him to get production. Let's put it that way. Um, He's in a short, quick passing game receiver, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's not his game. So because of that, he he just, I don't know. I just don't think he's going to get 106 catches. He'd have to have like 150 targets. I feel like if, if we're going off of his career target, percentage now or catch percentage numbers i just don't know if it's gonna happen yeah and look at some of evan's games last year he would have like two catches but they'd both be a touchdown so you know he made his mark on the game but for this record specifically it doesn't really help him out and this this goes back to again what we were talking about a little bit on monday where there's just so many options in the passing game that i don't think one guy is really gonna dominate that over another chris godwin's gonna have a big game Gronk's going to have a big game. Giovanni Bernard's going to get into the mix as far as a running back. I, if, if I had to pick one, I would say Godwin, just because he's that guy that will go into the slot. And I think Godwin more than Evans and even, you know, Gronkowski and, and OJ Howard's been injured. There's not, there's not as much, uh, you know, table time that, that we've seen of this where, yeah. Godwin, we know, is a consistent guy. He's he's definitely a little more consistent than Mike Evans is in terms of targets and just going to make all those catches. Again, what I was talking about with Evans just having a two-catch, two-touchdown game. Mm-hmm. So I think Godwin definitely has an opportunity. I'm curious how much that broken finger really hurt him last year because he did have some drops. And you look back at 2019. Not, not really until that Washington game, though. That's what was crazy. At that yeah. point, you thought he would have been used to it. I think during the regular season, he had like, and he missed time, Dude, too. I mean, you look at 2019, he had 86 right. catches. That ties him for fourth on the list with uh, – oh, sorry, third on the list with Mark Carrier, and then Mike Evans also had 86. I'm telling you, Chris Godwin has a better chance of breaking that 106 than, than Mike Evans does. 
Yes, Chris I agree. Godwin is more of a volume receiver. Evans isn't going to have – I bet if both are healthy the whole season playing 16 games, Godwin will have more catches. More yards per catch, that could be Evans. More touchdowns, that could be Evans. But Godwin is a volume receiver in this offense. He's a quick, quick screen guy. He's an underneath guy. He's yeah. middle of the field type of player. I mean, that's what he does. He's going to catch more balls. Mike Evans may be greater impact when he catches the ball. Maybe. We'll see. Um but I think Godwin's got that better shot. I mean, you mentioned 2019, 86 catches, and he only played 14 games. Remember, look at his catch percentage numbers. Catch percentage is a big part of this. When we're talking about trying to break a record of a number of receptions, catch percentage is typically a huge thing or workload, right? You have to have mm-hmm. a huge share of targets. Like uh, Evans in 2016, 173 targets in that offense. He was the guy, right? There was yeah, a, yeah. I mean, you probably remember that year more than better than me, but I don't think there was anybody noteworthy, you know, playing alongside him that year. Um, so, I mean, you get 90, he had 96 catches on 173 targets. He still didn't break the record. He was 10 catches off, 55% right. complete. So, that's what I'm saying. If you're projecting Evans, looking at his career sample size to break the record, he's going to need like 170 targets. I mean, maybe. And then even then, he's. Playing. And that just won't happen in this offense. That won't. No. But Godwin won't because look at Godwin's catch percentage numbers. I mean, mm-hmm. 2019, 71%. What was he last year? Best percent. It was better than that because last year he was his best of his career. 2020, he was at 77%. So you're talking about way less targets needed for Chris Godwin to get there with his usage in this offense. Based, on, I mean, he's plus 71% both years as a buck. That's crazy numbers. That, <laughs> that means is, he's catching almost everything going his way. Yeah, and his yards per is, catch, he's not like Jarvis Lander either. Like he's averaging decent yards per catch here. Right, yeah, he's always been a yak guy. Yeah, that is a pretty unreal stat. And I think it's one of those situations, too, where you you never want to see this happen and no one would sign up for this. But someone else would have to miss a little bit of time, whether it's Antonio Brown or someone else, for someone to really, I don't want to say take advantage because you're not taking advantage of breaking a record. But for someone to be in that situation to break the record, a receiving record that I think could potentially get broken Mm. is one that Mike Evans broke last season with 13 touchdown receptions Mm -hmm. again. Brady loves going to Evan. I think Evans could be the guy that breaks it again. Brady loved targeting him in the red zone. And you also got to think Mike Evans was one yard away from making that record 14 touchdowns. That was the play he got hurt on in Atlanta where he caught the ball and then pretty much. uh, No, yeah, it was an incomplete pass. It was an incomplete pass, right? Yeah, it was an incomplete pass. If he had caught it, though, that would have been 14. Right, exactly. And play the rest of the game, he probably would have had 18 because he couldn't defend anyone. Yeah, yeah. so he got hurt on that play. So it could have been 14 touchdowns. So I do think that is definitely a a record that could potentially get broken this year. That one will be one to watch for sure, the touchdown mark, because it isn't just Evans. You're right. Evans probably is is the betting favorite to break that Bucks record, but wouldn't shock anybody to see Godwin break it. Wouldn't shock anyone to see Gronk break it. I mean, all those guys are really effective in the red zone. And so they're all going to get opportunities in that area of the field. And those, you know, you could have a game where somebody piles up three or four and that's, you know, that's just kind of how it goes. And that that's a big bump toward that mark. Um, will anyone get to 13 with so many mouths to feed? I don't know. I mean, I, odds are probably against it. That 13 is a high mark um, yeah. for one guy. Um with how much Brady spreads it around, but you're right. Evans could do it again. He's what he's broken his own record twice now. I think yeah. 12 and <laughs> every year on, he breaks his own record. Right, He's broken his own record several times. I think so. And he's yeah. clearly, that, that's usually something that once it's set in stone, like if you've 
once gotten touchdowns, you pretty much always get touchdowns. Like, and Evans is just what? a touchdown guy. Yeah, he's had like two 12 touchdown years, a 13 touchdown year. He's just that's that's what he does. He gets scores really. And so, uh, um, other than 2015, I don't know what happened then, but <laughs> they were they were struggling. He only yeah. had three scores, I think. But but yeah, so I think that's going to be something he can hang his hat on. Somebody asked who has the Bucks single season record for um, yardage in a season. That would be Evans as well, 2018. I think that was his highest catch percentage season as well, 62%. That was the best you've seen from him. So even then, not even cl- even if we take Evans' best year, he had 138 targets that year and 86 catches. So even if we take his best year in terms of catch percentage, that's still not even close to the record. He's 20 off the record. Um, I just think Chris Godwin way better chance of breaking that catch record. And I think he's got a, a legitimate chance to do it if he stays healthy for every game um, this season. So the Stock is very high on Chris Godwin on this podcast today. You have no idea. The stock is about to be up for Chris Godwin. The guy writes one article, and now he's uh, he's the man. <laughs> now he, Chris Godwin is the man. He is the <laughs> and man, and he deserves man. all the accolades and praise that he gets. Yeah, he, he really does. <laughs> all right, can we can we transition this to to talking about tight ends here in a second? I want to talk about explore this from the tight end perspective, but first, want to let people know locker room is changing the way we talk sports. It's the only place for live audio conversations about the takes, rumors, news, and teams you care about. React to sports news as it happens. Gather all your friends and watch parties for the biggest games. Rep your favorite teams and find your community. Better Sports Talk is just a tap away. Download on the Apple App Store and join the conversation with Locker Room. Tonight at 7.40 p.m. Eastern, Josh Allen and myself, Josh Allen over at Bucks Report, and myself, we will be going live on the Locker Room app talking about whatever it is that y'all want to talk about. Bucks related, NFL related maybe. Got a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on. Maybe we'll slide into some of this NBA talk. I mean, what is going on right now? Oh, boy. Things left and right happening in the NBA world. But I know fans don't want to hear about that. But over in Locker Room, we will be talking football tonight, 740. So join us, download that app, and join that conversation. Follow Peter Report, and you'll get invited in. Um, The tight end side of things, okay? So we talked about this a little bit the other day. We were mentioning just how close Gronkowski could get slash just how close maybe he would have gotten if Brady had been just a little bit more accurate with him. And so I looked up kind of like, okay, who's the best, what's the best season statistically for a tight end in Bucks history? And I guess it would be this Kellen Winslow 2009 season. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. I mean, 77 catches, 884 yards, five touchdowns. Gronk's already topped the touchdown mark. He's <laughs> not going to get 77 catches this year, I'm sure. So I had 127 targets for Kellen Winslow that year. That's a lot. Um, so I don't think it happens. 884 yards isn't crazy, but in this offense, again, it's just difficult. I mean, second place is basically 100 yards less than that Jimmy Giles season we talked about at length um, on Monday on the pod. So right. I don't know the first place for yardage for tight end or catches is going to happen this year for the Bucks. Good group, but just too many – yeah, I mean, I, I hate to be redundant, but again, it's the same thing. You just have so many guys. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have more of a chance to break to break like a single game tight end record or something like that because you know there's gonna be the Gronk game, the OJ Howard game, you know, things like that. the uh, yeah. The touchdown record for tight ends it's a tie between Jimmy Giles and current Tampa Bay Buccaneer Super Bowl champion. Cam Brain with eight touchdowns. So I think that is something a little more where maybe oh. like you were talking about with the chemistry between Brady and Gronk and 
Maybe they yeah. just pick it up right where they left off uh, with, in the Super Bowl with the two touchdowns. Gronk becomes even more of the red zone threat that I think we were expecting when he came to the Bucks. That was like yeah. one of the things right away that he would really be a big emphasis for. So right. I think Brady, Gronk, probably, Brady probably missed him for two open touchdowns at least last season. If you read my Bucks briefing on Tuesday, you saw some of those plays. I mean, the Denver yeah. game, the Carolina game, the Saints game, that's three right there that were just blatant obvious you know, open touchdowns you could argue week 17 falcons that was a that play could have been a touchdown too where he missed him so mm, gronk could be a sleeper for a tight end for a tight end touchdown mark for sure i mean yeah I mean, he's only one crazy. off he's right. only one he, off anyway he yeah. should have had like nine last year or something. Yeah. so um nine or ten so yeah he's this is a good point matt he could be a little sleeper for that touchdown mark for tight ends um don't think oj or well Braid already did it once but not he was not going to play enough to do it this right year, yeah this he's year. not Although, man, in minicamp, Bray just piles up touchdowns. And we're he in minicamp. Does. I mean, he and Godwin caught like half the touchdowns for their, for that group when they were out there. I mean, Gronk was in and out of the rotation there, and OJ's not out there yet. So Bray got a lot of reps, and that's going to impact him in the season, why he's not going to get it in the season. But there's no doubt when they get down to that red area, I mean, even this past season, they, they have him on the field. They like him. They run play action out of 13 personnel down that area of the field. So. And yeah. he was great in the postseason too. Let's not forget that he really played a big role down the stretch. Oh yeah, he was dynamite. Yeah, the Washington game. I mean, the Saints a, game. Yeah, he had a touchdown in Green Bay, and then he had the big screen yep. play in the Super Bowl that we talked about a little bit mm-hmm. as well. He's a stud. I'm telling you, he would start for some teams out there yeah. in the NFL, and he's going to be the number three in Tampa Bay because he just loves Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> he, does. he doesn't want to leave. Uh, what about these kicking records, dude? Is there a is there a kicking? Yeah, record? so Ryan Suckup actually broke the well the scoring record. He broke the scoring record this season with 136 points. Hmm. So congrats to Ryan right, Suckup. Right. He's also in the in the Bucks record books. And again, that extra game, there's no reason to think that he couldn't break that record. Yeah, that's true. And then I mean, he's also um as if I'm reading this right, field goals made, he's third behind uh, Matt Bryant and Martin Gramatica. He's only four off of that list. So again, another record. The only thing that I sway back and forth with that one is that if the Bucs just score more touchdowns this year, he's going to be kicking extra points versus field goals. So True. that would be, I don't know, that's a situation that maybe he won't hurt get the record, the, but right. he's already in the record book, so he's got right. that going for him. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I would have to really sit down and do the math on that. Picking that so situational and stuff right. like that too. You can't really, you know. Right. Bucks have been such a good red zone offense. Brady's always been such a good red zone quarterback. Yeah. It definitely. But I mean, if they broke it last year, I mean, what are you gonna say? Like, <laughs> he clearly could. Again, there's no question. The other oh, interesting for- thing is field goal percentage for Sucker. Ninety percent last year, and that was. I mean, Connor Barth had a season in 2011 where he was ninety. 92 almost 93 percent so that would have been the best 26 to 28 on field goals and for my gambling fans out there i just want to say there's a fun prop bet it's usually it's like field goals per game and it's usually like over under two and a half or something like that that's a very fun prop bet to uh to bet on if, if you're watching a game where you know you're not a fan of either team so just a little tidbit for you guys out there if you're interested for next season Love it. Okay, so what about this this tackle record? You were telling me before the show, okay. the tackling record will not be touched. Right. So when I was looking up the the stats and everything like that, 
one of the first records that in my head that just popped up was like, okay, single season tackles record. I think Devin White will eventually, maybe not this season, but with the 17th game as he as his game grows and progresses, I I felt like Devin White, just the player that he is, could be a guy that would be in contention to break that record. Devin White had 140 tackles last season, and he missed a game. Um, but as I did a little more digging, in 1993. Hardy Nickerson had 214 <laughs> tackles. I would that, I want to check the credentials on that box score keeper. Yeah, but, that is just insane. Yeah, 214 that's... tackles. The next closest, I believe, was Derek Brooks with 158. Now that is in reach for Devin White. That I think is that, that that's a record that I that. think Devin White can break because if he had 140 tackles, he averaged around nine tackles a game. So if he, if he plays all, if, if he plays the two games that he missed, one being the 17th game that wasn't there and the other one that he was out for, that would, that would put him right on pace for 158 tackles. So we're talking about one other game where he makes one extra tackle. I think that is really within reach. Now, the Hardy Nickerson thing, that confuses me a little bit is that there's that stat that they didn't start recording sacks back in the day until I say it was sometime in the eighties, I believe Mm -hmm. with combined tackles. I think the recording of them was a little askew from like the nineties up until 2001. Cause if you look on pro football reference and things like that, there's a lot of years where you just don't really see the tackle numbers or anything. Mm -hmm. And then you see all the recorded tackles in 2001. Right. So I don't know who was in charge of assigning what's a tackle or who's in charge of saying just keeping the record books in general. I mean, 214 tackles is an insane number, and that's yeah. awesome. I, but I don't think that'll ever be broken. No, that's – I wonder where that ranks in NFL history among tackle marks. But it, also, I'm not sure. I wonder who, who was keeping those stats. Like, if it was the team keeping them, reporting to the league, or if the league had back right. then. You know, at least. That's a good I don't point know. too, because obviously every team's gonna. Well, you know. just do you remember back in the day there were crazy tackle numbers all the time? I mean, Ray Lewis and those guys were putting up like 200 tackles. Yeah, like a seat, and it was just like, what the? This is no way. Like 170. Like uh, just every time you jump on a pal or stand around the guy that makes a tackle right. doesn't mean you know. So. I wonder if some of that was going on. I mean, nobody was double checking tackles, obviously. So, but anyway, still, Hardy's, Hardy's, uh, you know, he's king for sure. No question. Yeah. Interception mark, not going to happen. Ronnie Barber, 10 picks. Nah, he's the goat. <laughs> yeah. He's I don't think we're going to see that one get broken. <laughs> I just, today's NFL just isn't the same. Like, it, they, you just don't see as many picks as you did back in the day. Quarterback play is much more competent uh, as a whole. Um, and they just don't, they don't throw at the best corners now yeah, either. Too, right. So. There's too many other weak spots and offenses are too efficient these days for, I just, yeah, I would be surprised if a corner gets 10. That would, that would shock me, um, especially on this team. Not that these guys aren't good, but Rondé was special. And yeah, I just don't think there's anybody getting Put 10. Put him in the so. Hall of Fame. I know. How, you know, on the, um, how he's <laughs> on the Hall of Fame makes no sense to me, dude. Like, I'm not yeah. even a Bucks person. Like, I didn't even grow up rooting for Ronnie. I just like, I don't even get it. Like, it's I would like put him in over John Lynch for sure. Two holds and you know the defensive touchdowns and everything. It's like, what are we doing here? Yeah, like this isn't hard. Come on. Yeah, 
I, I, I genuinely was not that I don't think Lynch deserved it. I think there's a conversation we had there, you know, for another time, whether he did or he didn't, there's a lot of names I think that could compete with him. But to me, Ronda is just obvious. Like I don't, I, right. I you just, don't even need to look at the stats. You no, just need like, to watch him play. And you're like, this guy. But when you do look at the stats, that helps else. too. Like the longevity, yes, the stats, the, longevity. the accolades, they won a Super Bowl. Like he he's transformed got the, cool, the position. You know, he's got the celebration. That, yeah. that has to play into it. He you was know, a Ray great Lewis run defender. He's got Ronda's sacks. Got he's got, the, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's he's got the celebration. I mean, I, <laughs> he's a great dude. Like, I, you know, if you're even going to take it to personality, which they've started to take it to character and stuff for other guys, he's. he's Everybody loves him. Uh, I don't know, man. It's a that one's truly a mystery to me as to why that uh, that is the case with him. I don't, I don't understand uh, why he's not in there, but uh, we'll see. Maybe uh, maybe next year. I don't know. They couldn't put too many bucks in at once, but I thought he deserved it more than even Lynch did. So um, yeah, it looks like the chat. Ty T agreeing in the chat. Shout out Ty T. Thank you for agreeing with me in the chat. Um, somebody said uh, J- Jalen Darden about the special teams, the return rate. Let me check this one. I actually didn't look at that one before we went on the show. Returns. The Bucks aren't, don't they have like, they're like notorious for not having great yeah, returns. Yeah, they right? haven't really. Adam Humphreys had a sick return in a preseason game on uh, the the team was, it was like, it was there was a second left before halftime. So the team attempted like a 60 yard field goal and he caught it. At the at the you know right before the the field goal post and ran it all the way back. It was awesome. Obviously, it doesn't count, but uh, wow. yeah, that was a really fun. I didn't point. know. I didn't know Adam Humphreys had that in him. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Spurlock had two kick return touchdowns. Oh, that's right, and <laughs> one punt return touchdown. So he is the leader in the clubhouse. Three retu- three total returns in three one total season, or is this his career? Just his career from 07 oh, okay. to right. uh, eleven. Okay, I was like, man, if that's one season, no chance anybody's yeah. touching that. <laughs> I don't think anybody's had more than one punt return. Yeah, punt, one punt return, one kickoff return. There's only been four kickoff return touchdowns in Bucks history. I think the punt return would be more likely to get broken just because yeah, you know half right. the kick returns are touchbacks now. You're right. not even getting those attempts. Right. But they hey, never, they records never had have been one. broken. Right. But they've never had one even, I mean, more than one in a season for a punt return. So, I mean, if they put Antonio Brown back there, they might because he was terrific at that in Pittsburgh. Uh, but they've had a lot of one-year – they've had a lot of one-time punt time. Was it against the Browns time. when Antonio oh, yeah. Brown, like, kicked <laughs> – like, Oh, yeah. Pretty much, that like, was, kicked the punter as he was That was, was the Brownies, yep. <laughs> <laughs> last one was Spurlock in 2009. That was the last time the Bucks had a punt return touchdown. So it's been 12 years. Hey, they're wow. due. They're due. And records That's crazy, are dude. I think it happens this year. I think Darden. I'm just gonna it. clip this now. So when Darden, I think <laughs> he does Darden it breaking. though. I think he can get one. I, I mean, with his speed and his ability to make people miss. I mean, that's the combo you want in your kick returners, right? So yeah, for sure. <laughs> Look at the Bud saying Humphreys was like a Walmart oh. Scotty. No, he was not. Get this out of here. He was not. They're, not even, are, they're not even the same. They're not the same player. Scotty Miller is a, a slot, slot only possession. Scotty Miller guy. lined up outside. Scotty Miller is a big play outside receiver. 
Bud, you better be kidding, man. I'm, and Humphreys was a really good receiver for the Bucs, so don't don't knock Adam Humphreys. Yeah, he he's fine. But Scotty is he could be a game breaker. He changed games this season. His yeah. catches will be ones you look back on in Bucks history. I mean, Humphreys don't have that. He can't can't do that kind of stuff. Speaking of other receivers, Bud knows he knew what he was doing. Yeah, <laughs> Bud knew what he was doing. Come on, Bud. So speaking of receivers, let's stay on this topic for a second. Okay, uh, I got a question in the mailbag along with how many records could be broken. There was one about: Are there any receivers right now that have a chance to tie or break Mike Evans' current record of uh, having the most one thousand yard seasons to begin your career? Right now, Evans is at seven. But that is counting. So I was looking it up, and it's um, it's surprising because you look at some of the best receivers in the game, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Devontae Adams. You, the list goes on and on and on. Tyreek Hill, all those guys, Julio Jones. They all have at least one year where they didn't reach 1,000 yards. So that yeah. immediately knocks them off the table, and that's something – that Bucks fans don't have to worry about those guys breaking the record because once you have one season without a thousand yards, mm-hmm. you're done. Because it's with guys. it's to start a career. It's not yes, just it's to, to have them in a career. Row, so right. Starting as a rookie, you got to have a thousand yards and keep it going. Yep. Right. One thing, the record's at seven now. I think Evans and Sky Reynolds have wrote an article about will his streak continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, check that out over PeterReport.com, yeah. by the way, because I saw some people asking him. Scott voiced his opinion about whether he thinks Mike Evans can keep the record going and will take to happening but yeah yeah so i think i mean mike definitely has a good chance to extend it to eight nine possibly ten seasons so as for right now there's two receivers that i think i i have my eye on that you know they could put the record in jeopardy yeah uh one is aj brown of the titans right. he had two seasons with a thousand yards and then uh justin jefferson on the vikings had over 1400 yards receiving last season as a rookie, mm-hmm. obviously a long way to go, but a heck of a start for those two guys. So to crazy. That those are the two closest. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So That's Evan wild. still has five more years before he really has to start sweating it. That's a crazy <laughs> record, man. That's a crazy record. And especially because Evan's got what? 1001 and 1006. So yeah. like he just barely snuck in twice. I mean, that just shows um, how hard it is. Oh, it's you could be great, but you could have one yeah. down season. You could get right. injured. You could, you know, have a quarterback change or stuff like that. There's so many different factors that goes into that record, which makes it that much more special, in my opinion. I think Agreed. that's uh, you know, that's a real record that you should be proud of. Mike is obviously he talked about wanting to obviously. Mike is a team oriented, mm. team goal oriented guy first, but he said, you know, personally, one of one of them is to to keep that record going. So absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's a hard record to break. You said it. If AJ Brown's the closest, and he's still got five, maybe yeah. six years to go before he breaks it, your lot's got to go your way, obviously. And honestly, if Jameis isn't the turnover machine that he is, I bet Evans has a year where he doesn't get to a thousand. That's just the reality, but. Because he did, they were always throwing the football. Yeah, they just—I mean, Dirk. They've had—he's had pass-heavy, crazy offensive coordinators. He's had—that's what uh, our head coaches. That's who mm-hmm. he, Mike Evans has played for. They have just been airing that thing out, and for a while, he was the only dude there. Um, so a lot of yeah, factors that, outside that, of just being good go into this. Absolutely, that all plays in a factor too. And then again, going back to Brown, they got Julio Jones now. So Julio Jones is going to take away some of the things. Yep. That we're going 
Brown's way as well. So yeah, there's so many different factors and it makes it that much tougher to get and that much more rewarding when you have a record like that. I think, I think Brown could be definitely somebody that pushes for it. I, he's very talented. Um, yeah, I think he could be somebody that definitely pushes for it. Wouldn't surprise me. Jefferson could too, but we've just got a long way to go. I mean, one, yeah, exactly. one year as a rookie, I need to see a little bit. Right. And Kirk Cousins is quarterback right yeah. now. And like right. that could change. They have a rookie mm-hmm. again, all right. the variables we're talking about. Yep. Lots of variables for sure. Um, all right. So we've talked about some of these, uh, uh records, the sack record is we didn't really get into it, but Jack Barrett, I don't think anyone's going to get 19 and a half sacks this season. Like, so yeah, I just think it's too tough. It was, <laughs> it was such a spectacular season that he had. It's, it's, it's yeah. really difficult to duplicate. And that doesn't mean that Shaq has any worse of a season just because he didn't reach that number. It's just, it's, really hard to get yeah it is and it's yeah i just i mean it certainly could it happen okay maybe but no one's betting on that <laughs> no one's yeah. betting on it we and have then not talking about to, uh, a healthy jpp which you got to factor that into when when shaq was getting that record and you, right. you got to look into devin white has become so much more of a focal point blitzing him and he had nine sacks so he could get double digits and there's yeah there's just a lot of different things Right. Yeah. There's too many factors to, to bet on it, but I, you know, Shaq is obviously, I'm excited to see what he does this season. He seems like he's got eye on the prize. He's going yep. for that record. So we'll see how it breaks down, but I don't know. We, ha- we haven't looked up forced fumbles from we'll have to, maybe we'll save those for another time because I definitely want to make sure that we mention what we promised to mention at the outset of this show, which is an opportunity that Peter Report fans have to be able to win some free Celsius. That time has come on the show. The Pew Report podcast is excited to announce a brand new giveaway with Celsius and Fast Brands in which 10 winners, 10 people, are going to receive one box of Fast Protein Bars, salted caramel, and the white chocolate cookies and cream over here. Terrific tasting protein bars i promise you they taste like candy bars it feels like i'm cheating but i'm actually doing my body good things it is crazy and you will receive one case of your preferred flavor of celsius energy drink to enter all you have to do is go and enter your name and your email at celsius.com slash pewter that's all you have to do your name and your email. That's all you got to do. It's truly that simple. And the link is going to be in the YouTube description below after the show. You can grab the link now. You can see it scrolling there on the screen. Celsius.com slash pewter. Enter your name and your email. Helps us out. Help yourself out. Put yourself in, in the conversation, in the pick to be one of these 10 winners uh, to get some a box of protein bars and a box of, or a case of your preferred flavor of Celsius. It's a game changer, but do it now because the winners are going to be uh, picked for this giveaway uh, by July 22nd. Or June twenty second. I'm sorry, not July. June twenty second. So time is of the essence. Coming up, do it now. Get into this contest. It's great stuff. All right, Matt. To wrap things up for today, um, we have reflected back on all of these records. We've reflected back on. We've looked at forward at where some of these things could be going. Obviously, the Mike Evans and Tom Brady marks are going to be the ones that people really talk about throughout the season. But there are some Bucks specific ones that could be broken as well that are, are probably less important to people. But the Evans and Brady ones will be where the focus kind of lies. The other one that we're kind of looking at, and again, I can't remember. Let me look real quick to see where he's at. I don't. He's not going to get there this season for sure. Um, but wins for Bruce Arians. Um, I'm not sure Bucks history who has that. 
mark for a coach is probably Dungey, I would guess. But yeah, Arians has got to be up there. Arians is maybe not in Bucks history, but as for himself personally, what he's sixty-seven wins, I believe. So a great year this year, a great year next year. If they can put that together, he's going to put himself in that conversation to finish out his career with maybe a hundred wins. That's going to be one of those marks that say, okay, maybe you could be a Pro Bowl or a Hall of Fame coach if you get to closer to 100 wins. I mean, obviously been coach of the year twice. Could he Could he do it three times? A lot on the table for Arians. We forget that when we're looking at some of these player records. But, I mean, I know Arians doesn't care about it, but uh, he's had a pretty decorated career himself. He has. I mean, all the coach, coach of the year awards. Uh, he's a guy that again, he you know he said when you guys interviewed that he he's not concerned about the Hall of Fame and that opinion's up to other people. But if you were to build a Hall of Fame resume, those wins really help. And obviously, oh, yeah. he doesn't have the longevity of other coaches. But you do what you can. And personally, I think Arians will be a Hall of Famer whenever he decides to retire. And doesn't seem like that'll be the case for a little bit. Right. Um, I was just looking up him. here. The Bucks' all-time winningest coach is actually, if I'm reading this correctly, is John Gruden with is 57. It? 57, okay. Yeah, and Dungy leads in winning percentage with five. Well, how many wins does Dungy have? Um, let's see. Because I'm thinking, okay, Aaron's is at 18 now. Not, okay. I'm sure these don't count playoffs, right? So, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. 57. He would he would need several more good years to get to the Bucks record. Mark. Let's see. We'll see how long he coaches oh, he's for. Got, oh, uh, he's got fifty four wins, so he's only three. Well, he's three behind Gruden, and obviously neither of them are going to coach for the Bucks again. Eh, never right. say never. But so what? Not. Arians has eighteen. He'd need. So he need what? Uh, for the record, he would need forty wins. Yeah, to pass Chris well, Gruden undefeated. was at fifty-seven. Let's go uh, undefeated the next two seasons. Right, you got it. Four seasons, average ten wins a year. The next four seasons, it's not out of the question. I don't think Arians is getting canned by the Bucks. I think he's gonna when he's done, he'll retire. No. But and when you win a championship, it buys you time anyway. Oh yeah, it buys That's you time. Point. So I mean, wow. he's not totally out of the question. Again, a great year this year. Coaches for another four years. That's... You get an extra year, a game, game now, right? So that helps him. I think he coaches yeah. for. I think he coaches for at least another three. Yeah, I mean, um, you got what two more years of Brady, including this season. Yeah, I'm sure you can convince Brady to play another season. So that's three seasons yeah. with Brady, and then I mean, if they're 13 and four this year, and they're 13 and yeah, four, exactly too. They're not just gonna win 10 games, right? Like, yeah. He's got a shot at this thing. He does. Let's not roll it out. Let's not count Bruce out just yet. I like. Hey, let's also let's let's also not count our count out our friends over at Briar Greaves, as uh, Mark Cook would always like to remind you on the show. Friends over Brian Briar Greve, Sam and Briar, they have been in business for over 30 years. And they are doing something right. That's what keeps them there. Briar Greve's done a lot of things right, but none more than giving exceptional personal service to their insurance customers. We all need insurance, whether it's life, homeowners, auto, or even commercial insurance. Briar and Sam Greaves and their staff are the best in the area and big bucks fans. It will literally take you 10 minutes to get a quote or compare your current policy, and that 10 minutes could turn into hundreds of dollars in savings. Don't wait. Call Briar Greaves today at 813-876-4166 and find out how much money you can put back in your pocket. 30 years in the business and buck season ticket holders. Call Briar or Sam today and tell them pewterreport.com sent you over there to get an idea of what kind of money you could save with them. Great stuff from Briar Greaves Insurance. 
All right, Mark, uh, Matt, I called Ooh. you Mark. I'm sorry. That's Ooh, it. Scott, Scott called me, or Mark called me Scott on the pod last time. He was on with me. I've called him Scott. So we just got to make sure everybody's kind of getting called each other's names. That's how it's going to work on the pod. Sounds but. good, Jake. No problem. <laughs> There's not even a Jake on our staff. Come on. <laughs> Could have called me Taylor or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I guess. Actually, don't do that. No, I don't want that. <laughs> All right. So uh, Mark Lieberman is, I'm going to win the Celsius. He's calling it. He's calling it right now. Uh, he's going to win the Celsius. All right, Mark. Um, but we'll be back tomorrow on the podcast. We've got more great content coming for you. And then next week, we move into some off-season content, off content that we're excited about. We'll talk Bucks in the national picture a little bit. Like, where do these players rank as we amongst their position groups nationally? I've heard what other people out there have had to say as we start this off-season. I've got something to say about that, where these players actually rank. Some higher, some lower than what other people have. Some bucks higher, some bucks lower. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. We'll get into some of that on the pod as well. Going to be a fun time. Tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern, we'll be back. Until then, thank you so much for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out! New season of Dave tonight. New season of Rick and Morty next week. Pretty cool. Out.